You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. God, oh God, Lord, I just thank you right now that you were doing a new thing on the inside of each and every one of us. Lord, that you destined this moment in time, Father, for each and every one of us to experience who you are afresh and anew in our life. Lord God, we just let go of the old. We let go of the mindsets. We let go of the things that, even the, the things that have been clouding our mind as we walked into this service this morning. And Lord, we thank you right now that you will do a new thing on the inside of us. Lord, we praise you ahead of time for the miraculous in our life. We praise you ahead of time for the many testimonies that will come from this place. And Lord, I just pray that every word I speak this morning would not be mine, but would be yours, God. Spoken through me today, reaching the hearts of every person that hears this message. In your name we pray. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. Okay, we're gonna start in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter three, and we're gonna read one through eight. This is what the Bible says. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. I love that. Sometimes you got to give a hug, but also pull away sometimes. It's all right. The Bible says it. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. God's been capturing my attention about this thing called time that there is actually purpose to time. In, in those verses, it says there's a time for. It's not just eking away our lives and just time passing, about, passing by. It's saying there's a time for love. There's a time for speaking. There's a time for. When purpose is attached to time, that's when everything changes. When there is a purpose attached to time, when moments that are seemingly ordinary can become extraordinary because purpose is attached to the time that we have. Time is significant to God. In Ephesians 5, 15 through 16, it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So the Bible is saying we need to make the most of the time that we have. This time that we have, I was thinking about, you know, how our life is made up of really, when we think about it, significant moments. Um, so, uh, the psychologists say that when we think about certain moments in our life, we tend to think about the peaks, the pits, and the transitions. Um, psychologists say this, when people assess an experience or a significant moment of time, they tend to forget or ignore its length, a phenomenon called duration neglect. Instead, they rate or remember based on two key moments, the peak, which is either the best or the worst, and the ending. How were they left feeling? What was the impact that they walked away with? Psychologists call that the peak end rule, which backs up this quote that probably many of us have heard. It says this, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. 
It doesn't mean that we forget about how we've got to do things, we've got to say things, we've got to do excellence, but how in the end are they left feeling? What is the impact that we've made in a person's life? Those are the significant moments that we remember. Now, the bad ones we can learn from, and the positive ones I believe we can recreate for somebody else. I was beginning to think about my life and the experiences that I've had, and I'm like thinking about all these memorable moments in my life, and I went, what if I could take responsibility for those beautiful moments that I have had and create them for somebody else? What if I could take all the positive impacts, the impressions that have been on me, and do that for somebody else? That would bring significance, that would bring purpose to the time that we have. In our kids' church, Pastor Jurgen, um, he has as one of the core values fun. It's safe, fun, and God. There you go. <laughs> Let's not forget God. But why does he put fun before God? That seems odd, but not really when you think about it. Yes, we want our kids to be safe and secure in the kids' ministry that we have, but the reason he put fun even above God is because he knows this principle that, that kids may forget what's said. They may forget what was done, but they'll never forget how kids' church made them feel. And why is that? Because one day they grow up with all the things that we grow up with, whether it's dysfunction, pain, brokenness, whatever it might be, if they at some point in their life as they are growing up remember this moment of fun in their life they had when they were a kid, and that moment of fun happened in church. Just maybe, maybe then they'll step into the church as an adult. That's what we get to create here at Awaken Church. These are the, the significant moments that we get to create for kids through every generation. Can I get an amen? amen? In a book called The Power of Moments, this is what the author said. It said this, the charge for all of us is to defy the forgettable flatness of everyday life by creating a few precious moments. What if every organization in the world offered new employees an unforgettable first day experience? What if every student had an academic experience as memorable as prom? What if every patient was asked, what matters to you? What if you called that old friend right now and finally made that road trip happen? What if we didn't just remember defining moments of our lives, but made them? We can be the designers of moments that deliver elevation and insight and pride and connection. These extraordinary minutes and hours and days, they are what make life meaning, meaningful and they are ours to create. Imagine, that's for organizations, companies, moments. What about the God moments? What about creating, authoring these moments in time for people to connect to God, to realize the, the freedom that they can have in Jesus? What about those significant moments? So the title of my message today is called, That Moment I'll Never Forget. That Moment I'll Never Forget. What if we took responsibility for the time we have, attach purpose to time, and author significant moments for the people that surround us? Are y'all with me? 
And this message is a little bit, really, it's built on some stories. I'm going to share some stories of my life. I'm going to talk about some impacting God moments that I've had in my own life that I believe we can recreate for other people. Now, I could spend an entire message in eons and eons and eons of bad moments. So please, as I am going through this, just remember there's a lot of bad moments that we've had to learn from, that we've picked ourselves up from. But I'm going to concentrate today on the positive, impacting moments that we have had that we can recreate for other people. Is that good? Okay. So the first thing is, number one, that moment I'll never forget, personally leading someone to Jesus. Personally leading someone to Jesus. Taking personal responsibility. Now, in order to lead somebody to Jesus, you have to be led there yourself first. (laughs) Or you give opportunity at the end of this message for that. Um, But... Um, I can remember, and there's a lot of these different moments in my life, but one that was really significant, a memory that I have, is when I first started coming to Awaken Church, and we had a course called DNA Evangelism. Mark, Summy, you remember that? You guys were there. Mark, you were teaching this class. And I remember we were given the challenge to um, invite, was it seven people a week? Do you remember, Mark? It's like seven or 10, it was a lot. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's a lot. Okay, seven. So every day we had an opportunity to invite somebody to church. We were given, back then they were known as connect cards. We've got these, you're invited cards. And we were challenged to give seven of these away each week. And what that did was, it actually brings awareness to something that is significant. It's just like, if you have those in your pocket and you're like, I have to give seven of these away, you're, you're aware, you're looking, you're seeing people in a different way. It brought purpose to time. And so I remember um, this one moment where I um, had a card. I was like, man, I've given all the cards, but I, I need to invite somebody. I don't want to show up to class next week and not have done what I was supposed to do. Back then, we got A's, B's, C's for these things, remember? So, okay, so I'm like, all right, I'm a good student. This is going to happen. And so um, I was at uh, my company. I worked at Paychex, and I sold payroll services. And um, one night, it was late at night, and um, I was working late, and a girl came over. And she started talking to me, and I had noticed that she always seemed kind of downcast a little bit, a little bit stressed, a little bit chaos kind of around her. And I thought, my goodness, I want to invite this girl to church. And so as we began to chat, I just did. I said, she asked me um, how I had made friends because she was newer to the area. And I said, you know, the best place that I've made friends in has been my church. Natural, normal. Our DNA evangelism wasn't about handing out tracts and becoming something you're not. It was actually discovering who you are in Christ, being exactly who you are, letting God bring people right into your world that you can minister to them in your personality, in your gifting, and in your strength. And so I just um, invited her, and she said, you know what, Stacey? Yes, I want to come. I'm like, awesome. So I said, okay, here's the, here's the card. You know, I'll, um, I'll, I'll text you, you know, this weekend and come with me to church on Sunday. Well, she did. I found out later on that the only reason she came to church with me is she thought she would make more sales because she knew she was going to like meet a lot of new people there. But how many people know God can can take any moment and transform it into extraordinary. And so she went in trying to make a sale. She came out knowing Jesus as her personal savior. She, she came into the church and I'll never forget. um, She invited me over for her dinner for dinner that night. And I went over to her house and and, uh, and was able to lead her personally to Jesus. And she said, uh, and I remember she said, Stacey, I need to know everything. Like, I, I don't know anything. And I go, well, where do you want me to start? She's like, Genesis? 
I'm like, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> we are starting at the beginning. And so began a friendship of ours. Well, wouldn't you know, a couple of weeks later, she calls me and she says to me, Stacy, my life has so changed. It's so changed that my two little daughters have noticed the change and they want to meet Jesus too, but I don't know how to do that. Could you help me do that? And I said, sure. And she said, great, well, come over right now. I'm like, it's 8 o'clock at night. She's like, yeah, we're in our PJs. It's fine. And they all come over in their PJs to my house at 8 o'clock at night. And we sit on the couch, and I lead her two little daughters to Jesus. It didn't stop there. After they were all led to the Lord, their life so radically changed that her ex, who was married, also saw the impact in her life and asked them how they, too, could be saved. I am telling you, it's a moment that I will never forget. Why do I wanna never forget it? Because I wanna recreate it for somebody else. I want the awareness to stay alive on the inside of me, to look at people and maybe see chaos and distress and know their whole life could change in a moment. Can we take responsibility to lead people personally to Jesus? Point number two, a lot of these moments, like I said, they happen in, um, peaks or pits or transitions. One moment of transition that I think we could all probably relate to was when we move and we go to a new church for the first time. Point number two, that moment I'll never forget going to a new church for the first time. I've had a couple of these moments throughout my life. They're always interesting. And um, I remember one of these moments was when I was in college. I had grown up Christian, I grew up on the mission field, I went to a Christian college, and at the college they had this list of vans that would pull up to go to different churches, and so I didn't have a car, so I just looked at the list, picked the best one I thought, and jumped into a van. Well, they drove us down to the church, this was in New York, and I was pumped, I was excited, I was ready to meet people, get connected, and I remember I walked into the doors of this church, and, and I just remember it so well because it just, it smelled really odd, like old. And then I walked in and people greeted me and they handed me something and I kind of shuffled in. I sat down and kind of looking around who to talk to. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And then service started and the music began and I'll never forget because I'm like, oh, good. Okay, worship. Here we go. I'm like, oh, they never stood up. They sat during worship. I had never really seen that before, to be honest. And so they sat during worship and then there was no clapping. There was no cheering. They told us at one point to open up a hymnal, one of which I had never seen before. I'm like, whoa, okay, here we go, all right. And the church, I realized, was dead. And I remember coming from the history that I came from, which was a spirit-filled Christian, I was distraught. I couldn't believe that this was a church. I literally looked around and thought to myself, is this a funeral? Where there is, where, where, the Bible says where the spirit of God is, there is life and life in abundance. And in that moment, I just remember thinking, I never want anyone to experience church like this again. I never want them to experience like church like this again. And I remember sitting in the pew, tearing up and crying. And I remember people looking at me and I thought, wow, they probably thought this was a moment. And I'm like, your church is dead. It died. And I walked out, but it did something on the inside of me. 
It made me, and I, I never want to forget that moment because I never want that to be, so, that's why I'm so passionate about a church like this. It's why I'm so passionate about what I do. I want to recreate a moment of excellence, a moment of life for people. So different to the moment that I stepped into the doors of this church. I'll never forget it, another moment of transition when I came into San Diego. And I went to all these different churches, and finally, uh, just from a prayer, God, show me the church, the church that I know that exists in my heart. Show it to me. And I drove up one Sunday, and I couldn't find it because it was in the middle of Nowheresville in some neighborhood, and I am very geographically challenged. And it was literally a miracle that I arrived on the doorstep. I almost gave up, and I'm like, God, if I'm meant to be at this church, it needs to appear. And like a mirage, there it was in the backdrop of a neighborhood. And uh, I walked into the doors of the church. I remember Rena greeted me at the door. I remember walking in. I remember meeting other missionary kids, Audrey and Brianna. And I was like, wow, I've never met another missionary kid in all of my time here in San Diego. This is amazing. And then I remember sitting down. They got me a place to sit. And I sat down. And the music started. And the worship was extraordinary. And this is back when we had like 200 people. And it was amazing. And I remember thinking, oh, this is, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. And then I braced myself for the preaching because I thought, people are nice. Worship's great. Surely the message is going to be not good. I'm like, you can't have all of it. Can't have it. And so I'm like, I'm bracing myself like, all right, just get ready for the boring message. But everything's been awesome anyway. And then Pastor Jurgen gets up. And you got to know that ain't a boring message. And it's alive, and he begins to prophesy over people. I'm like, yes, this is a spirit-filled church, not just in word, but in action. And I saw lives being changed. I saw life in that place. And I thought, that's the kind of church I want to build. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And I never look back. That was 14 years ago. You know, God... When he started the church in the book of Acts, it was a significant moment. It wasn't boring old church. The, the Bible says that this is when the, 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 the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, brought life to people, and the disciples were there, and Peter was there, and Peter steps forward on that day because there's a crowd there, and he begins to preach and teach and minister to the people, and the people were so, they had never seen this before. It was so passionate. It was so real. They were being rebuked that they had killed the Savior, and they were like, tell us what we must do to be saved. This was no traditional altar call. They were clamoring from the crowd, what must they do to be saved? This is what the Bible says in Acts 2.37. This was the crowd's response to this first message being preached by Peter. It says this, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself and when many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying save yourselves from this crooked generation so those who received his words were baptized and they were added to the church that day about 3,000 souls what a moment why would we try to make boring church when God created the opposite? 
He created a life-giving church. That's what we're meant to recreate. I'm telling you, I just begin to imagine the people in the crowd. Imagine that we live our lives so passionately. Imagine that we minister so passionately that people in their seats are like, what must I do? And they come forward. In one moment, they went from a crowd to a disciple. They went from a crowd to being part of a community in a church. In one significant moment, could that happen in this place? It can on our watch, can it? It absolutely can. And it will, thank you. And it's happening. And it's happening. Every weekend, week out, and everything that we do, it's happening. Point number three, that moment I'll never forget when I was filled with the Holy Spirit and then I was filled again. You see, I say that because when I was a kid, you know, I tell you, I had the beautiful opportunity to be raised in a Christian home. And every morning in our home, growing up when I was a kid, uh, we would have prayer meetings in our house. My parents would wake us all up and we would all walk in the living room and the kitchen and we would all pray. We would pray filled with the Holy Ghost. We would pray with the gift of tongues. And then that was something that, you know, God, that God gives to us this beautiful gift, a language that we don't know, but he does where the perfect will of God is prayed on our behalf. The Holy Spirit praying our, on our behalf, the perfect will of God, speaking in tongues. And I was privileged to have received this beautiful gift when I was a kid. And so we would all pray together each and every morning. And that was an awesome moment. But I remember later on when I first came to San Diego, and that's a whole story in and of itself. Um, and the first year that I was here, everything went wrong in my life, everything. And I just remember I had gotten to this place where I was just so dry. I was going to different churches and I was trying to find the church, Awaken Church. And, um, and, and I just began to kind of grow weary. I didn't have Christian friends. I didn't have people. I was getting to know everyone. It was a moment of transition. And I remember just feeling so dry on the inside. Anybody ever felt like that before? You're like, what happened? I once was on fire. I once felt the spirit of the living God. But now, what's happening? And so I remember having one of those moments and I told my parents um, because they were missionaries in Ecuador and they would always call me and tell me about, oh, this prophet is coming to town and this person we hosted at our house that moves in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I was like, look, here's the thing. I was like, next time you have a prophet in your home can you, and they prophesy over the family, could you have them call me? Like they could prophesy, they could pray over the phone. Like I need something. And so my parents, being awesome parents, were like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And sure enough, one day I'm driving down the 8 freeway. And I get a phone call from my parents. And they said, oh, we've got Pastor so-and-so here at our house. And he just prayed and he ministered to the whole family. And then he said, do you have another person? And they said, yes, we have a daughter. She's in San Diego. He said, let me give her a call. And I pulled over to the side of the road on the 8 freeway. And I put those emergency lights on because I knew a moment was about to happen. God can do something special anywhere, anytime when purpose is attached to it. And so there I am on the 8 freeway and the, the, the pastor says to me, oh, Stacy, um, you know, have you, you, you know Jesus? Yes, I know Jesus. You, you're living your life for him? Yes, I'm living my life for him. And he said, um, you, you pray in tongues, right? And I go, yeah, no, because it occurred to me, I had stopped. What happened? And as soon as I said that, of course, I hear my dad in the background going, what? <laughs> You've been praying in tongues since you were a child. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I stopped. 
And the pastor said to me, you need to go home and you need to pray again. You need to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit again. And I thought, yes, that's exactly what I need to do. And then he began to prophesy over me my future. He prophesied about this church that I am in. He prophesied things that every single one of those things happened in my life. But I went home that day not only excited about the prophecy, but I went, I can encounter God again. And I remember telling a friend that I was living with, and I began to share with her about the power of the Holy Ghost. And she said, I want that too. I said, let's pray. And we began to pray in our home. We just began to pray. We began to seek God. And the Bible says that when we seek him, we find him. And we were found by God that day. And as I began to pray, then all of a sudden these words started to come out of my mouth. God doesn't take over our mouths like robots, but they come from the inside of us because when Jesus ascended to heaven, he said, I am sin, I must go, that he must come. He ascended to heaven and he released the Holy Spirit to us on that day of Pentecost in such an extraordinary moment so that we could be present with the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. He's here He's amongst us. He's in us when we receive and we activate these gifts. And so that day I began to speak in tongues again. What an extraordinary moment. This is what happened the first time the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts. This is Acts 2, 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a, mush, like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in languages in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What a moment. That moment can happen for each and every one of us. That moment isn't just for everyone, it's for us. Can we not only have an encounter with God himself where we receive the power of the Holy Ghost, but can we lead somebody to him? Can we lead, because here's the thing, I love to lead people to Jesus, but if I were honest, I really love leading people to freedom. Many people get saved, but they never experience freedom. I love that people can get saved. They can receive from the Father God who sent his son Jesus, who then sent the Holy Spirit to be with us so that when we don't know what to pray for, he does. When I don't know what to say, he does. Most beautiful thing we can have is a prayer language. You're all with me? Okay, we're going good, okay. A few more things, I'll be quick. Okay, uh, point number four. That moment I'll never forget on the purple couch when my friend got set free. Now this is my moment, you can put yours there, okay? <laughs> that moment I'll never forget on the perch, purple couch when my friend got set free. Before I was coming to Awaken Church, I told you I had, you know, was raised Christian, I understood something about the power of, of freedom. And this is what I wanna say too. Don't think that when you're hearing this message like, oh, she's got it all together, she knows what to say and how to say it, no. No, 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 no. I'm human just like everyone else, except for the fact that sometimes with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, I step out afraid. I step out and, 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 and begin to share with people. When I, when I was ministering to my friend on that purple couch, I didn't know the 10 steps of freedom, the seven steps of the how-to. I knew the living God. And I knew that she could be more free than what she was experiencing. We start where we start, but let's start. <laughs> And so that moment on that purple couch, I'll never forget because I had a friend who I had met. And if I were honest, everything that could go wrong to a person went wrong for her. 
She was raised in a single parent um, family. It was very, very um, tumultuous. She was raised with, with a mother that um, thought, that kind of had found Jesus, but then decided to make her own religion one that was running from demons. And so she moved so many times in her life because she was running from Satan. She was running from devils. So just imagine if that's all you concentrate on, what kind of devils are going to be at your door? She was raised with, you know, uh, verbal abuse and physical abuse. She had um, had abortions. She had been raped. She had whatever horrible thing had happened to this beautiful friend of mine. And I'll never forget the moment that I was at her house and she had been led to the Lord and she was saved. But she looked at me one day and she said, Stacy, what's it like to have silence in your head? She said, sometimes I see you like looking out the window and it's so calm. It's so beautiful. What's, what's that like? And I said, what do you mean? And she's like, it's so chaotic up here. There's so many voices. She's like, it's so hard. I don't even know my own thoughts. And I looked at her and I'll never forget that moment on that purple couch. And I said, you right now can be set free. You don't have to live this way anymore. And on that purple couch, began to pray with her, began to pray, began to minister as God gave me the words to speak and began to pray. And they weren't pretty prayers, but they were just prayers. They were all I knew to do. And I began to break off the demonic strongholds in her life. I began to break off generational curses in her life. I began to see those devils begin to flee from her body. I began to see her come alive. I began to see a woman that was so stricken with darkness come to light. I saw a woman who in that moment all of a sudden broke free. And I remember, I'll never forget, all of a sudden she looked at me and there was a little smile on her face. And she said, it's so quiet. I don't hear any other voices. I can hear my thoughts. And I said, you know what's even better? When you get to hear God thoughts. And then I prayed for her again, got her filled with the Holy Ghost. And on that purple couch, she had a vision. She saw every moment in her life because she had only remembered the bad moments, the pits. But God wanted her to remember the peaks. And he began to reveal to her every single moment that he was with her. He began to reveal to her every moment, small that it might be, of happiness and of joy. And then in a moment, she saw all these pictures like a puzzle piece come together and she knew her identity in Christ for the very first time. Come on, let's give a cheer for God. He is good. The last moment that I want to talk about is this. That moment I'll never forget, a spontaneous moment. A spontaneous, divine moment. Some of these moments we can attach purpose to time and we can create for people. God gives us free will. He speaks to us. He leads us. When we're aware of him, we can have these encounters. But sometimes there's a moment that he creates that we, if we're aware, we just step into. And I'll never forget just recently, um, this happened only a few weeks ago, 
and I was walking along the harbor um, of San Diego. I live downtown, and I often walk the whole harbor, and I just walk, and I just pray, and I walk, and I pray. And one night, uh, my friend Anna was with me, and we decided to go for a walk and, and go on a prayer walk. And so we just went on a prayer walk. And our prayer walks are not quiet. And I don't really care who's there. Because of my prayer moment. And so her and I, we, we, we forget that people are on the harbor. It's a beautiful place. Lots of people go there to visit, but we forget. And it's late at night, actually. And we're walking the harbor at night. And um, we're walking down the street. And we're just praying. And we're, just, we're, we're, we're speaking in tongues. We are praying with our prayer language. And uh, we walk the harbor. And as we're coming back, all of a sudden, I hear this voice. And it's a man and a woman. And they say, excuse me, excuse me. And I kind of stopped because it's late at night on the harbor. And I'm like, either I'm going to get robbed or like this is a significant moment. And so I remember just kind of stepping, like stopping. Because how many of us, myself included, these moments can pass us by? But I just felt something. So I stopped. And this man and this woman, they looked a little disheveled. They had this, they were standing in front of this um, huge, um, I forget what they're called. It's like when you put cars on it, they drive those things, like big trucks that carrier, trailer, something. Yeah, there you go. And um, they drove cars cross country. And so um, they had these cars on this big truck and they were standing in front of it. And he said to me, he said, um, he said excuse me, um, I heard you praying. And I said, uh, yes, yes, I was praying. He goes, but I heard you praying to Jesus. And I said, yes, I was praying to Jesus. And he said, yeah, but I felt power. Those were his words. I felt power. He goes, could you pray with me and my wife? We want what you have. And I was like, and Anna and I were both like, okay, here we go. And so we asked them, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? Yes, you know what? We were saved when we were little. We went to church, do those things. But you could tell life had happened to them. Life was hard. And he said, you know, we've, we're, we're, we're not doing so well right now. Would, would you pray for us? And we said, sure. And so we began to just share with him a little bit about Jesus. And then we began to pray. But as we began to pray, it's not going to be just any prayer. You want to get free, sir, on a harbor? Let's do it. And so we began to pray. And we began to break off generational strongholds of poverty. We began to break off generational strongholds that had kept these couples down. And as we begin to pray and break these things off, all of a sudden deliverance begins to happen. All of a sudden there's tears flowing down their face and you could see these devils begin to leave and then all of a sudden they're filled, as we're praying, they're filled with the Holy Ghost and they break out and start speaking in tongues right there on the harbor. They begin to pray in a language not known to them. God does the miracle work. We just have to be open to facilitate it, to facilitate him. I didn't even pray specifically that he would be filled with the Holy Ghost. I wish I thought of that. <laughs> I just prayed and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, began to break out with tears in their eyes and they looked at us and they were like, thank you, thank you. This is what we needed. And then we begin to share with them, you need to get in your truck. You need to put worship music on every moment that you are driving across this country. You need to find churches that you can go to. You need to remember where you came from. You were once saved, but you could be saved now. Life is too precious to miss 
extraordinary moments. Moments that count. How many of us have had some special, significant moments? How many of us can remember the good from the bad and recreate that for someone else? I had this thought that my life really only matters <laughs> if it matters to someone else. Yes, it matters to God, but I wanna live my life bringing people to Him. I wanna live my life helping people get from where they are to their next step, whatever that is in Jesus. And um, I remembered um, way back in the day when I was in college <laughs> and I studied communications and I had to take um, speech or public speaking classes. And one of the courses that I took, this may sound a little morbid, but this was just part of the exercise. Um, they had us write our own eulogy our own eulogy, like what would people say about us when we pass away? Man, I tell you what, all of a sudden, you're thinking of all the things and all the stories, you've got the goals and the core values, but what are people gonna say of us in the end? It puts things into perspective, doesn't it? What kind of legacy will I live, leave? What kind of imprint will I leave in humanity? And so I had to write my own eulogy and I couldn't find the original, but I wrote a short piece of what I think I would want my eulogy to say in the end. And I'm gonna encourage you to maybe do that exercise. Think about what will people remember about you that was significant? And don't be condemned by all of the negative and all of the bad, we all have that. Be consumed with the positive, what God did on the inside of us. Those moments are extraordinary. So I'm gonna read you my own, is that, is that okay? <clears throat> I wrote, Stacy Beth Capaldi. I love Stacy because she saw the best in people and helped people like me to achieve their best, whatever that looked like. Lisa mentioned that today. <laughs> Stacy loved with all of her heart she didn't hold back. Encouragement, optimism, and favor was her way of life. She stayed true to her one true love, Jesus. And from that place, she loved her family, her friends, and all the people she came in contact with. She wanted everyone to know and experience Jesus the way she did, with a full heart and freedom to live out all that God destined for her. Healings and miracles were a normal way of life with exciting adventure around every corner. Stacy didn't care about titles, statuses, or material things, though a pair of good shoes you would always find on her feet. And somehow with each place she lived, it was always better than the next. She cared enough to follow through and be there for people in the highs and in the lows. You could always count on her for a good story and somehow figure out a way to celebrate you. Just by being around her, my spirits lifted and my life got better. She always put me at ease and I became the best version of me when I was around her. Stacy's smile, her crazy curly hair, and laugh will always be remembered. Stacy loved God, she loved people, she loved life, and she loved me. Her legacy will not die with her because it lives in me and in so many people that have known her along the way. 
even writing that as I was writing that, it was bringing tears to my eyes. Thinking about beautiful people, thinking about taking responsibility for the time that we have, not in a condemning way, but in a life-giving way. And that opportunity is for you and I to have. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, He has made everything beautiful in its time. 1 Corinthians 16.14 says, Let all that you do be done in love. And then in Romans 13.11, it says this, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Could everybody just bow their heads and close their eyes? God never intended for us to eke our way through life, to just let, love, just let time pass us by. What if instead we took responsibility for our time, we attach purpose to our time, and we author significant, significant moments for others? significant moments that could forever change a person's life. These moments could change everything. Let's make a positive impact on people and leave a legacy that we are proud of. I don't know about you, and I don't know what part of this message has touched your heart, but just like in the book of Acts, I prayed that it would cut us to the heart. I actually had a vision when I first was here in worship and I had a vision of people's hearts and I saw little icebergs. I saw little icebergs forming that were formed on people's hearts, but I saw that as the message was preached, those icebergs began to melt. And I saw hearts coming alive to their lives in Christ. And I wanna give you an opportunity for those of you that have never met Jesus before, that you can't say that you've had these encounters because you haven't yet given your whole life over to Jesus. And I wanna say today, today in present time, this is your moment. For those of us that even like me had lived a Christian life, but at some point I had taken it back and I got dry and I wanted to get filled again. I wanted an encounter with Jesus again. God's a good God. He's always there. The Bible says he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. All we need to do is turn our eyes to the heavens. All we need to do is become aware that he is present. If you are in this place and you are in either of those categories, I want you to just raise your hand to heaven because I want to pray for you. I want you to raise your hand nice and high. I see that beautiful hand. I wanna see, I wanna pray for each and every one of you. I'm gonna open up the altars in just a second for all kinds of things, but I wanna take this moment, a moment of salvation, a moment of a re-encounter. I see that hand on my left, beautiful. I see that hand on my right. Beautiful. Just where you are in your seats, we're gonna all pray this prayer. And then I'm gonna open up the altar for all of us to have an opportunity to encounter Jesus again. And whether you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit and receive your prayer language, or whether you want to encounter God because parts of your life and your heart have been dry, or whether you just wanna come and experience the presence of Jesus himself, that's what an altar is for. Why leave here the same when we don't have to? So can everybody stand to their feet right now? And for those of you that have lifted your hand, we're gonna pray with you as a church family, as a church community. 
And after we pray, you can see one of my beautiful friends on the left or on the right and receive a Bible and a book called Following Jesus that's gonna help disciple you. But right now in this place, can we all repeat this prayer of salvation right now? Are you ready, church? God, come on, let me hear it. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross that I could be saved. I thank you that Jesus rose again three days later so I could spend eternity reconciled to him. I thank you, Jesus, that you left that the Holy Spirit might come. And I receive today the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into my life that I will never be the same again. I thank you for life and life in abundance. I thank you for freedom to live out everything that you have destined for me. In your name I pray, and with a big clap and with a big cheer, can I hear an amen in this place? Come on, let's lift it up. Come on, let's lift it up. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.